Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by the Sultan of Steel, the... Um, where, where are you again? Agnes Waters, the uh, the aardvark of Agnes, uh, Nick Sutherland of MindFit, <laughs> the ascended master of Agnes. Could I be the ascended master of Augusta? Oh, no. Um, no. You know, listeners listeners, probably sick of us, our golf talk, but just quickly, it's it's Masters Week and it's biggest week of, one of the biggest weeks of the year, so Hass and I are up and about about that. But um, you said you've come in, you've come in a bit uh, tired or a bit so. There's no filter today. I just, yeah, there's not. There's going to be no filter. Um, I woke up for whatever reason. I just woke up feeling shit, headache, uh, stomach. Like feel like I'm going to throw up. Um, uh, aching, like aching body. Oh. Um, just yeah, not great. And then I've had a I had a marketing meeting early. I just did a two hour class on anger, <laughs> and uh, and here we are. So that's all right. right. I'm just, you know. Could you, it, could you have COVID? Is COVID still a thing? Could you, uh, could you have it's, COVID? it's not important if it is. Yeah, is anyone, good. Is anyone could. still getting COVID? Or? Yeah. No, that's so like 2021. Yeah, right. Well, we've got a great great show today. We're, we're doing something new for the next four episodes. A little series. Um, we're sort of, yeah, a little series. The Masters series. Oh, Starting in Masters Week and Happy we, Easter. We, we literally, we literally had to talk about golf for about ten minutes before we press record because we're like, we don't want to talk about yeah, golf on the show. We're talking about golf, but that's all right. Yeah, I know. Happy Easter to to all those who yes. celebrate Easter. Uh, and uh, interesting happy- fact. Interesting fact. I was trying to work out why it's an Easter bunny and their eggs. I'm like, why isn't it an Easter yeah. chicken? And it actually yeah. goes back to the celebrations of the Germans. Uh, in like the 11th century or something, and um, there were signs of fertility. So the egg is a sign of fertility, but also as far as an animal, the rabbit is a sign of fertility, and we know why because they're always fucking. So it's like that. that it's just two signs of fertility. That's what it's all about. So because I'm like, you know, a, a, a rabbit's a mammal. It's not laying eggs. Like it just seems odd, but that's what it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Good pickup. Thank you. I'm, I feel I feel enlightened. Enlightened. Yeah. Uh, and happy, happy Bells Classic, happy Bells Beach is on surfing. So it's a big weekend, Masters, Easter, Bells, it's all, it's all going on. What about you, Nico? Um, Give us an update from uh, leading on from last week to this week. How are you? Well, I've done a reverse James Brown. Uh, and that, that's, that's, that sounds like you've something. done, you, you've done a Brown James. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, that was so interesting. My mind just went straight back to to living on the barracks in the army then because dudes were doing reverse kangas, James Brown. Oh, God, they no. do, oh, no. Yeah, that that was that was so left field. That was a thing. Um so I've I've gotten out of the funk. I've, I've James Brown's retired. I'm I'm out of the funk that I was in no. last week. Okay. What's happened? Yep. Well, I took some notes down because I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're doing, uh, as I said, the, the the next four episodes are the Masters series. So you and I are both bringing in two people that we look up to or their work that we look up to, and we're going to dive a bit deeper into that. Um, so just got some notes. Talking about it, 
funnily enough, I don't know if anyone's cottoned onto this, but talking about it uh, was, was quite cathartic and I found it quite helpful. It's so weird. Have you, have Listeners, you tried that? Or? Take that on board. I've never spoken about anything before. But yeah, I, might, I might start. This might be the first time I ever talk about something on this show. Well, I don't know why I did. It just sort of came to. Maybe it was from a past life or something, but, uh, you know, opening up about it. Um, and more than that, um, not having an aversion to being in it. Um, so not wishing oh, I wasn't feeling that way or getting triggered by feeling that way. Um and subsequently, not feeling any shame or embarrassment, or you know, I wasn't, I wasn't getting depressed that I was depressed. Um, so yeah, so L- literally, literally, um, what we were talking about on the show last week, wasn't it? It's like that non-resistance to being in some sort of state that you're in. So all of a sudden, you're not fighting against yourself. You're not fighting against reality. You are in the experience that you're in, and not needing it to go away. But then the funny byproduct of that is you know, things can tend to lift a lot sooner or we can come out of a funk because it'll move through of its own accord based on talking about it and whatever else you've done. Uh, energy flows where attention goes. So if you keep being fixated on it and, and keep thinking I shouldn't be feeling this way or whatever, you're just going to elongate the experience. That's uh, going to hang around longer. So, um, yeah, talking about it was great to you, to myself, to M. Um uh, and, yeah, and and it would have been very easy for a past version of me, the way that I used to operate, to go into that shame of thinking, you know, I'm a mental health practitioner, I, should, I teach stuff for a living, I shouldn't feel that way. There's, as soon as you hear that word should, there's an instant distortion. You're, you're not um, in reality. So uh, I spoke about it's a very stimulating environment up here because I keep looking at all the, the things I could do. And I, was, I sort of realised I was living in the potential uh, in terms of, of you know looking after forty acres, the reality is we've been here a couple of months. You know this is this is a ten year ten year project, so um, really had to sort of let go of my attachments and desires to it being any different to how it is, um, and, and also you know part of the big part of the reason coming up here was to create resources and, and work on the business, uh, and that's very important to me. But I had to let go of that and just trust that I'm doing stuff as I'm doing it. It's going to take time and, and whatnot. So a lot of letting go of all of those attachments. A lot of acceptance um, by the sounds of it. Lots of acceptance, yeah. Uh, it's funny. Acceptance is what got me out of it. And non-acceptance was what got me into it. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I, I, a lot of when I was in my, my uh, most challenging headspace many years ago uh, a lot of mantras and philosophies got me out of this so um, that's my default is to, is to use them so I'm coming up with a I, can, I guess you could, I could be sponsored by Nike and I'm just doing this don't think just do so don't think about all the stuff you have to do don't think about what you need to do don't think it stop thinking it was, it was I was being far too analytical with it all uh, which is a tendency of mine so Yesterday, for instance, I had to, I didn't have to, um, I'd gotten some new mower blades and so I put the mower blades back on. I had no plans to to mow the lawns or to do any yard work yesterday and then I found myself at the end of the day 
having a nice cold beer because I'd spent the day mowing the lawns and, and beautifying the place and Emma had been out making her garden and it was a wonderful day. And But there was no conscious, right, today I have to do stuff to do that. So it was just this, um, yeah, don't think, just do mentality. Brilliant, mate. I love it. Uh, this is yeah, wonderful, this is wonderful advice here for, for the listeners. Fantastic. And for me. Less less screen time. Um, Start taking some multivitamins and ashwagandha. So okay. Okay. I, uh, I ashwagandha helps with stress. Uh, so I'm just taking that as a temporary thing. Um, and yeah, I thought I'm chances are quite high that I'm probably deficient in some pretty important stuff. So started getting onto a men's multivitamin, and um, yeah. So you've been looking after these areas, the physical, the mental, the emotional, um, expressing mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. So brilliant, mate. Mm-hmm. That's what we spoke about as well, like last week, um, being able to sort of step back a little bit from the experience and look at it objectively and not creating any extra narratives or labels or stories about what was going on, and then you're better able to deal with the situation, and that's what you've done. It's brilliant. Uh, and I think the biggest part of it is just being – here now, you know, depression, past, anxiety, future, get yourself into a bit of a funk. And I talk about this and live and breathe it most of the time and my primary state is being here now, but I'm still, as I expressed last week, I'm, I'm human, I'm not immune to the mind, you know, I'm wandering off into those different spaces. Um, but, yeah, I think the biggest thing is when, when she, once you have these tools and resources and have done enough of this work, you'll you're bounce back. Is a lot quicker. Yeah. So you know, where in the past I would have stayed in a funk for a long time, but my bounce back has been really quick because you know I've, I've got all these uh, access to all of these things. So yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. Brilliant. Yeah, it's so it's very automatic. This like the survival based you know brain that wants to look at things from the past, plan for the future to avoid any stresses or catastrophe which causes stress in the first place. Or for it to be perfect. You know, it's, it's a, yeah. I must get what I want. I must be loving life. It must be perfect. And I'm walking around going, oh, this place isn't perfect yet. You know, I was getting overwhelmed by it all. So, um, yeah, it's, it's as you were saying, it's just not looking at it through those lenses. Do you reckon Mr. Perfect, the wrestler, had that belief that he shouldn't be perfect? Uh, no, no, he would have had the belief that uh, he is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His special move, the perfect plex. It was just a suplex where he held the leg, but he called it the perfect plex. And for some reason, <laughs> it seemed to have a greater impact than a normal suplex on the people that he was fighting. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of me. And it, was WWF it was perfect. WWF perfect. <laughs> um, brilliant. I think there's some wonderful nuggets there for, for the listeners, especially just the first one. Like a lot of our listeners, three quarters of them are guys. And it's like, Oh, talking about things and not uh, having them, you know, looping on themselves within us, within our mind, um, being able to externalize them and have them land on ears that can hear is very, very uh, therapeutic in of itself. So I think, you know, it's it's the classic stereotype that, you know, us guys have trouble opening up and, and whatnot. And I think um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably at the stage where you are or you want to be on that path. And um, this kind of reinforces that message. But it's, I guess a, a lot of the time blokes don't want to open up because they don't feel – they want to open up, sorry, but they don't feel that there's a pers- there's a, a safe space to open up in. 
Mm-hmm. So when I open up to you or to Dan, you know, I've, I've got people I go to to open up to because I know there's going to be compassion and that space will be held for me and I can get things out without any judgment or being criticised or whatever. So, yeah, it's not about just opening up. It's, it's open up to the right person um, and in the right place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, find that find that person in your life, and and if you don't have them, and it's not for your friends to therapize you either. I mean, I'm lucky that yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't open up to you, you know, to get any therapeutic advice. It's opened up to you as a mate. But uh, if you if your mates do check in on you and, and are genuine about it, that's great. But then you've got to go and see someone who can actually assist you as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's let's get the show on the road, mate. Who's who's coming in today? Who's on Mickey the, who, Singer who's the... is our ethereal guest. I should Mickey try and get Mickey him on the Singer. show. Um, Michael Singer. Um, we're going to do this series, like Nick said. We're going to have uh, I'll do someone, and then Nick, and then me, and then Nick, and we're just going to pick two people each who've had an impact on our lives in a very very positive way, whose teachings that have resonated with us, and they're honestly people that you would have heard us if you've listened to the show for any period of time. You would have heard us reference, but I thought it's worth taking a bit of a deep dive. Or well, Nick thought it was good to take a deep dive into maybe why it resonates, what we've been able to take away. You know, um, how their message or what they teach as, or the way they live their life has impacted us. Because um, having these mentors and being in the world that we live in now, where we can access so much information through the internet, you know, Michael Singer is not someone that I've met yet. I feel like he's a mentor of mine, and I've learned just so much from him because I've listened to my god hundreds of hours of him <laughs> speaking so you really get to know <laughs> someone you know when when and that makes it weird because if one day I go and meet him it'll be kind of that weird thing where it's like I get that sometimes like people have taken a bunch of my courses so they've heard me crap on for god knows how many hours and then I'll meet them they're like oh I kind of feel like I already know you I'm like okay I don't feel like I know you so let's let's see how do we come to a bit of an agreement here um so many so many clients have, have reached out to us because they've listened to the podcast and they're just like yeah it feels like I know uh, you know and, and they've, they've got a, their head around a lot of they've already got a head start in sort of doing the work and I'm, I'm like all right well I've got to catch up because <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't met you yet where's your podcast let me listen to you um <laughs> and so <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so Michael Singer, you know, a little bit of background on him. So he lives in the States in the middle of nowhere. I can't even remember what state it is now. Um, I came across his work. I don't know how many years ago now, but he had a really best-selling book, um, called the untethered soul. A lot of, a lot of you might've, might've read it. And, um, you know, books are interesting, you know, you, you can read them and because I remember certain books in my time and I've read fucking God knows how many and I'll recommend to people because I'm like, oh, this is going to be great for them. And for whatever reason, they don't have the same experience I did or I've read a book once and then for oh. some reason, when I've read it the second time, I'm like, holy shit. And I've had a completely different experience. So the information of books are really kind of dependent on where we're at in our life as well and what's going to land. Actually, yeah, no, totally. I, I, I've just pulled up his Wikipedia page. Sorry to yeah. just quickly interrupt. So he he lives in he lives and teaches at the Temple of the Universe. It's a yeah. yoga and meditation center he founded in 1975 near Gainesville, Florida. So to give you a bit of context around that, so basically, when he was a young man and studying at college, um, it might have been like 20 or early 20s. He was sitting on a couch with a friend, and he kind of became aware of that the voice in the head. You know, 
And that's why some people, you're like, I talk about, you know, the voice in their head. And like, I haven't got one of those. I'm like, how do you know? Well, I just thought, like, I don't have one. I'm like, that's the voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so we're, sometimes we're lost in it and we don't kind of wake up to it. Um, and he was sitting there on the couch with his friend and he noticed there was kind of this awkward silence and his mind kept trying to think of something to say. Then to go, no, nah, don't say that. That's weird. Or yeah, try and say this. And he just noticed this constant trying to make the situation okay. And then he kind of turned to his friend and he just goes, hey, do you like have a voice in your head that like talks all the time? And he goes, the guy goes, yeah. And they both just sat there for like a long time in silence and started laughing and whatnot. And that started his, I suppose, journey of like wanting to understand what that is. Because when he realized it was always chatting and talking and oftentimes told him to do something. And then later on, if he did that, it would beat him up for doing the exact thing that it told him to do. And he's like, man, I think if I'm going to try and understand something in this life, I think I need to understand this. And so he um, got involved in meditation and he he did the classic, you know, spiritual, you know, awakening kind of thing where he did move out to, to, to Gainesville at a young age and said, I'm going to dedicate my life to meditation. And so he did the thing where he would meditate for, you know, basically all day, every day. He'd eat the absolute bare minimum to keep his body going. And, you know, he would try and try to remove himself from society to be in the most quiet place possible um, in this tiny little shack in the middle of nowhere so he could just focus on his meditation. And what he started realizing was after doing that, he did it for a couple of years, but he noticed he'd just still have problems. He'd be in the middle of nowhere doing his meditation and starting to feel bliss and all this energy. And then a dog would bark in the distance and his mind would go, oh, that fucking dog, it's ruined my <laughs> ruined my enlightenment, you know? So he realized, it's like, well, no matter where I go, I've got this thing, you know, crapping onto me. And so he decided to, you know, live his life where um, – and he has another book that I went to after The Untethered Soul. The Untethered Soul is very much sort of concepts, like what what is the voice in the head? Why do we have it? Um, why does it say the things that it does? Why does it, you know, um, react in these certain ways? And everyone sort of who read that, you know, pretty much frothed that book and he went on Oprah and all that kind of jazz. And, and you that know, was that, was in that, was, that was that was 2007 that came out. Yeah, so quite a while ago. And so, um, but then he, he released a book after that because everyone's like, oh, and, and I kind of felt the same thing. I was like, oh, cool, spiritual concepts, you know, like I've, got, I've read a lot of books like that. That one was a really good one, but I'm like, good one. So he goes, all right, well, let me now write a book about my life and how I apply this to my life, which he called the surrender experiment. And so his path became one of surrender, which he calls surrendering the personal self. So the personal self was what we would kind of call the ego. So when the ego gets involved in life, it's not dealing with reality, so to speak. It's dealing with itself, the reality stimulating. So in every moment, you know, we might be sitting on the podcast here and we're talking about whatever it is, but then secretly my main incentive is that I want to appear, you know, likable to Nick or I want to appear smart to the people that are listening or whatever it is. And you realize that we bring this into pretty much most of our situations in life. And so his surrendering was surrendering preference, I guess, of the ego, so to speak. So he just started surrendering to whatever life was presenting him with. And so he was living by himself out in this shack and then from memory, uh, a friend wanted to come out was there. That, was that was that was that after was that after he was he'd done his software developing? No, no. So this is sort of how it came okay. about. Yes, and this is one of the reasons which I'm going to bring up why I'm a a big fan of his too because he built a billion dollar business <laughs> whilst being on this very <laughs> spiritual path. Because a lot of people see those as being very uh, diametrically opposed. And so his friend came out and he goes, you know, 
his friend was a builder. So Michael learned a bit of building off him and they put an extension on this little shack that he had. And then kind of some um, lady came out and wanted to stay there too. And he's never moved from this place in the bush since he went on his meditation journey. And now he's got a fucking temple there and a giant office and all this kind of stuff. So everyone kind of came to him. And um, he came up with the idea because he started researching a lot of, you know, ancient scriptures. You know, if you hear him speak, he speaks, he references the Bible a lot, um, trying to break down a lot of the misconceptions around the message in the Bible. The one thing that he speaks about probably the most is the ancient Hindu scriptures. So the uh, Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita. Um, and I love some of the ways that he references that in terms of, you know, the work that I do. Um, it's helped me explain a lot of things to clients quite well. Um, and so he decided to build this temple in the middle of nowhere where and he called it the temple of the universe because people it doesn't matter what beliefs you have either spiritually or religiously let's just come together and celebrate you know life and and you know being kind and enjoying each other's company. existence yeah so he had in like you said when he early on it was a little shack kind of thing and people would sit on the ground um but he had you know there would be a a picture of Christ, there'd be one of the Buddha, there'd be uh, Hindu gods, and there's no, you know, it didn't matter. you just come and, and do whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, there'd be a couple of people coming on a, on a Saturday or Sunday whenever he did a talk, and then all of a sudden, just more people just started coming. And he didn't advertise it but or anything. He, he didn't. He didn't want to be a spiritual leader, though, did he? He didn't. He didn't want to start a cult or anything. No, 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 and that's and that's why. Uh, and this, I suppose, I hadn't thought about it in this way, actually, but you're right. And since so he's been doing that for, um, my God, 40-something years, maybe more, and he still does the same thing on the weekend. He sits down and talks about life and the voice in the head and spirituality, and it hasn't descended into a cult, which is actually a really <laughs> a really good sign um, of somebody who's done the work because those kind of things more often than not descend into a cult with a leader who has sex with all the people who are following. Anywho. Um, and so he just, he ended up, um, a local police officer, I believe in the area went past and was looking at the job they did extending the little house. And one of them wanted a house built and he goes, could you build a house? And then him just surrendering. Cause at first he goes, the mind says, I can't do that's too much responsibility. He just goes, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And so him and his friend built a house for this policeman and ended up starting a construction company in the local area. So that was his first business was in construction. And um, so he would do that and his whole, like I said, the whole time, he's just like, he'll just kind of surrender himself and if life presents him with something, he'll walk. Like you're talking about, right, you were saying that action without, you know, thinking and debating whether I need to do this, what this, should this, I be or, doing? Yeah, he'd just sort of go, okay, that's that's okay, life, let me do that. And, um, yeah. and so, yeah, he did that construction thing and then uh, one time he walked into a radio shack and it was when personal computers were first kind of becoming a thing and not many places had them and they had one on display there and he said he had a little look and play with it and just he just felt all this energy and kind of excitement and everything within him so he bought it and then learned how to code and then got obsessed with that and then someone who ran no it was the construction company itself he set up like a booking and invoicing system using computer software which we all do now but back then it was like, what, you're going to use a computer for that? Normally you'd write mm. it out and mail it to them and, and whatnot. <laughs> and then so then some other companies came to him and said, hey, can we get some sort of software like that for our business? And then that started a software company and he um, made a, a software that um, doctors and healthcare professionals could use for all of their, I think, you know, the appointments and billing and invoicing and all that. 
And at one point, that software was used in the majority of places all around America of healthcare clinics, um, thus being a you know multi-billion dollar company. And um, in the surrender experiment, he talks about that, like having to all of a sudden wanting to be alone in the woods and just meditate. And now he's out there and he's in charge of like 40 different people report to him on a daily basis. And you know, there's all these conversations about mergers and buying up other companies and all that kind of thing. And um, and there was some fuckery that went on with some of the salespeople. And he had like a might have been a four year long uh, court battle where he was, you know, under about you know, going to go to jail um, for something he didn't do um, that his company was was made to be liable for. And so he speaks in the surrender experiment about even that whole process, just surrendering to the fact that, you know, I'm on a plane to face federal court and might go to jail at some stage later today. And so um, that's one thing that I love because I went down the spiritual path. I read so many books, jumped into so many people's work. And it's like their whole life was just about, you know, talking about spiritual concepts and not really living it. Or I'd find out later, you know, they were an asshole to their wife and their kids. Yeah, they'd get up on stage and they're just love and light. You know, we've got to be great to everyone. Um, and so just him, I saw someone who lived a bloody incredible life and still does. He's still still with us and um, went through trials and tribulations, done all this stuff in the world. Yet he said in the whole time, like my number one focus was this, this spiritual path and using life to let go of my personal self and my preferences. You know, the, the word surrender, it, it's um, it's an interesting one because we, we spoke last week about manipulating and trying to manipulate things or manufacture things or, or force things to happen. And surrendering is the polar opposite. But things still happen when you surrender. It's not, it's not um, a client put it really well, like I can't. I don't have it at my fingertips, but he, he said it was um, appropriately passive, I think. Mm. Uh, and I was, it's, it's, not a, it's not a just give up um, and, and sit back and, and just, you know, it, it is this stop trying to force or manufacture or manipulate people or the u- universe or whatever to, to get what you want, basically. And it's... Yeah such a foreign concept for the ego because the ego is like, but hang on, what I want is very important. I, I, I demand that I go and do all these things because then I'll be seen in a really positive light and people will adore me or I'll have millions of dollars and I can sleep whoever I want. I can drink and do and go wherever I want. And it's all about me and what I can do instead of about what can I offer. Yeah, he, he talks about being in service of the moment. And, mm. you know, and, and I've brought this up on many podcasts before, but I did a, a cause of his many years ago and there's eight part series and one of the parts, it was over an hour long. And he literally just talks about the big bang and how the universe started. And I'm like, listen, to this thing. And I'm like, 35 minutes in, and I'm like, he's explaining hydrogen clouds forming together when there's enough gravitational mass, you know, the hydrogen will fuse into helium and then how different stars are made. I'm like, what am I listening to? Are this sort of science lecture or what? Which he does talk about science a lot, which is which is a great marriage of the two, because he doesn't see that that and spirituality is separate. And then, you know, he speaks about yeah, the Earth getting formed and how life started to spring out. And anyway, he goes through this whole thing, and about fifty something minutes in, you know, how your great 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 grandma and great 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 grandpa met in a lake that was formed by a dinosaur footprint millions of years before, and they, you know, shared a moment in the lake when they were bathing and all this. 
And he goes, so 13.8 billion years of cause and effect with greater complexity than our human mind can even comprehend is sitting in front of you. And then you have the audacity to go, I don't like it. This should be different. And so it's like this whole thing leading up to just going, oh, my God, how funny is the ego or the personal self? You know, this incredible moment which has taken basically magic to appear before us and we just have the audacity to go, no, nah, this should be a different way. And so, Brian Cox talks about it very similar as well. Yeah. Is like, you know, humanity in the existence of the universe is in this tiny little window and you're sitting there going, yeah, this isn't enough. This yeah. isn't enough. There, there, must, there must be more. <laughs> this isn't enough. Yeah. I heard, who's the other? I heard someone else. No, it might be Singer. And he's like, like, what do you want to go, go in space? You want to go to Mars? There's nothing on Mars. They've been searching on Mars for decades trying to find the signs that there might have once been water. We've got fucking water everywhere. There's grass, there's trees, there's people, there's animals. There's all this stuff to interact with. And we're like, no, nah, let's go into space. And so, it's so um, and so being in service of the moment and what you were talking about. Hey, is I'm sorry. Sorry, before you go into the service, do you reckon that, that uh, there must be more is an ego related thing because when I talk to clients about it, I come at it from a, there is a sense of deficiency. That's the, the this isn't enough. There, there must be more. And so yeah, it's not enough. You know, these beautiful trees and forests and rivers and lakes and snow, that's not enough. Oh, there must be more. Let's go to Mars. Like, is that, do you consider that to be an ego thing? Well, yeah. Well, it's a very human thing, right? It's like this, this human drive for, you know, it's like, well, we made a car that goes this fast. Well, I want to make one that goes faster and then goes faster and then goes faster. So, well, I made an atom bomb that can blow up the world. So, well, I made a hydrogen bomb that could blow up the world five times. You know, it's just, it's always more. Like, it's never enough. Yeah, it's, insati- it's insatiable, isn't it? Yep, yep. It's it's a hunger that could never be satisfied. So, that's that's it's kind of great in some ways, but then also so limiting in other ways. Because, like, you know, we've... This is where balance is so important for it. And, yeah. and you talk about insatiable on a, on a global level. Um, but, you know, you, you and I have both had that insatiable, there wasn't enough drugs, there wasn't enough alcohol, there wasn't enough whatever. And so it can happen on on so many different levels, but it's it's the same thing. Fundamentally, it's the same thing. It's, it's like we, we fucking... I don't know if anyone will know this, but me and Nick love golf and... Um, you know, it's like I, I'm working my ass off to get a little bit better at golf. And it's like, well, can't you just go out there and just, you know, shoot a somewhat similar score forever? It's like, no, I want to get better. So it's that same, it's that same mechanism, right? And it's yeah. like, I'm trying, I want, I need more and more booze and drugs to try and just fill up this hole inside me. So it's like, it's not all bad and it's not all good, you know, and you use the word balance. And that's like, probably, you know, in years of doing therapy, you know, that's probably the overarching theme that comes up for nearly everybody at some point in their therapy journey. So we need to achieve some sort of balance in your life because one or oftentimes many areas are completely out of balance and it's black and white and it's too much skewed down one end. Yeah, and, and another word for balance is aligned, for instance. It's just this, as soon as you – it's like the, the old um, wooden seesaws at the park, you know, and, and – if you find that sweet spot when you stand on it and you can just balance it, it's 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 not just standing perfectly still in the middle of it. It's finding that sweet and it's just this gentle ebb and flow and you're going to move left, you're going to move right a little bit. But it's just that alignment. As soon as you come out of alignment from that balance point, 
as a, as a person, you know, f- functioning, then you're going to become dysfunctional. So you're very functional when you're balanced. As soon as you step past these certain points, then it becomes dysfunctional in the way that you're thinking or the way that you're feeling or the way that your body's working. So for me, yeah, same. I I love what you just said. For me, years and years of doing this work, the the fundamental principle for me is balance. That's that's my one, you know, that's uh, that's where I came home to. It's my focal point. Yeah, yeah. Last week, I was out of balance. Last week, I was out of balance. So I was in a sense, dysfunctional. I wasn't functioning properly. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, cause that's, I've spent most of my life very out of balance and I'm, I'm I have a, this, this extreme kind of nature and I, I like that now cause I can channel it and I'm a little bit crazy and that's okay. But yeah, I remember <coughs> last week and this is what I learned from singer as well. Like last week we had someone, um, in our community, uh, in our practitioner community, he's been, she's been there for a few years and she just said, my God, I'm, I've been in many different communities and whatnot, and I can't believe how well this one is running, blah, 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 and the energy. You know, hats off to you guys, blah, blah, blah. And I remember thinking at the time, and it sounds like it sucks so much fun out of life, but it doesn't. It brings much more balance. I'm like, oh, she's having an absolutely wonderful day, and the world's confirming all of the beliefs she has about herself and everyone else, and that's why she said it. Someone else who was having a bad day might say the opposite thing, you know? So it's like all of a sudden, I don't get pulled in a positive way too much, which also means I don't get pulled in a negative way too much. Because if someone says something negative, I'm not like, no, no, that's wrong. Can't believe they said that. It's like she's having a bad day and the world's not confirming the belief she has about herself and other people. And because it's not being confirmed, she's in adversarial state. So it's like this balance where I'm not, we ideally don't get pulled in either direction. Or if we do, we recognize well, it. But for me, that's your ego not being activated. So I had a sim- I've had many similar experiences where a client said, you know, oh, I just I don't know, I, my life would be a mess without doing this work. And I remember vividly a client walking out there going, "Thank you so much for what you do." And literally without thinking, I'm like, "Oh, it's not me. It's the Dharma. You know, it's it's just it's I'm just a conduit for this stuff." And I was sincere and genuine in saying, and I wasn't trying to. Uh, but, but thank you. you know, I made sure I, I thanked them for for their statement, but. And, and as they walked off, I was just like, huh, that was interesting. And and the ego was like, oh, I missed my chance to get involved there. Oh, God damn it. I'm, damn it. I, was I went out the to- back for a cup of tea for one minute <laughs> and I could have had a moment. Uh, yeah. Could have, could have got all up and about. And yeah. uh, no, missed this chance. Uh, and I love those. I love those moments because it's just further evidence and uh not maybe validation but it's 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 further information i guess that you know having done all this work is working for me because of how out of balance i've been in the past that was my biggest problem it wasn't you know there's lots of symptoms and surface level issues that came with it but the fundamental issue was that i was out of balance so i guess you know just thinking about it now that's what's why i made the first fundamental priorities and, and, and making sure that uh, we get rid of the word work-life balance and just make sure that your life is in balance. You've got this life balance going on there. So you made me laugh. Like last night, she messaged me something about a vacation two days ago and then sent me a meme about a vacation yesterday. And she was upstairs and I just walked upstairs and went, what are you trying to escape from, babe? <laughs> She's like, shut <laughs> up! Because <laughs> our, our whole life is not about like work-life. It's, like, it's all just... Life, you know, yeah, not, there's yeah, no dichotomy, yeah. nothing to escape from. Um, so back to uh, yeah, being in service of the moment and surrender. And I loved what you said because yeah, people lump in surrender and completely giving up 
in the same um, bucket, but that that's just not the case. And, you know, Singer talks about that quite a lot. And he's like, when your personal self is out of the way, then you can properly serve the moment. So when he was running this giant company, it's like, well, we've built this software and it's being used, you know, in all these places and everything. We want to make it the best that it can be because that's what the moment is 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 asking of me it's not about well i've got to make it the best because i want to be seen in this way and i want to earn this much money it's just the moment and when he was involved in all these four years of or however many years it was of this law battle which was a serious lawsuit in jail it doesn't mean that he goes well i'm going to surrender so i'm not going to hire any lawyer team i'll just represent myself and i'm just happy to go to jail no he like paid a shitload of money and got a great law team because it's something that he didn't do and he defended himself to his best ability, but it wasn't um, uh, based on a personal self where it's like, well, I've been wronged. This shouldn't be happening. That They're signs that a personal self's involved. You talk, talk spoke about should and shouldn't, and we've spoken about it on the podcast before, but that's just a red flag that we're in resistance to the present moment if that's what's coming up. Yeah. Um, what else? What else that Mickey Singer? One thing I like about him is that in his kind of teaching when he gives talks, and I've, I've listened to him a lot, he's got a bit of a, like an angry tone sometimes, and and I like that. It's not angry like, what's the energy? It's kind of like, look, I love you, and you're like this infinite being like that's, you know, got so much love to express. Wake up. You know, it's kind of like that. It's this little bit like slightly assertive tone. I, I've been told I have that. Um, yeah. Maybe that's why I in like you. Working with my clients. Maybe, or it's because I beat you in golf. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and, and and I say to clients, you know, coming from, I, I just met with a, a lady up here the other day at the beach. She wants to, she's ex-military and wants to create a veterans retreat. And so I went and said, you know, if there's anything I can do to help or assist, and, you know, I won't charge for anything. It's just, just happy to being bored, whether it's just helping you to create it or actually being involved in it, whatever, uh, and talking about it. And she, she's so passionate, but she doesn't sort of have the the therapeutic understanding of it all. Uh, and so I just spent some time explaining it. And I said, I guess I've, I've got an approach where because I've been there and done it and have, you know, uh, relatable. I can I can come at it from a very different perspective, and so can you. You know, when you come from the streets, or you know, when you come from that background, you're not coming from the clinical um, angle of it. It's not just I've sat in a, a, a classroom for four years and got a degree, and then going to go and talk about the theory of it all. You've actually been there and done it. It does give you this very different way of being able to connect and and. So many clients have said it's exactly why they came to MindFit because it's it's what they need. They don't need someone to say, "Oh, that's terrible." Oh, let's 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 sit here for a few weeks and figure out why and whose fault is it? Oh, it's your parents. Oh, it's your childhood. Oh, you had trauma in childhood. Oh, now I sit there and go, "All right, well, this is it. This is it. Let's just let's let's figure out how to get out of it and 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 we'll validate what you're feeling and everything." But yeah, so you can use that. I guess it's a little bit of. Um, kick him up the bum. It's a bit of assertiveness, but th- but that's really quite effective. Yeah, yeah. No, I have that a lot with um, you know, especially with addiction clients. It's like, okay, you come in, and now I'll explain to you these certain things have happened to you. You know, you were unaware. Um, you went through unideal circumstances. Um, didn't have the skills to understand how to manage your emotions. All of that, right? 
So you've been playing out unconscious patterns and they've led you down the path of destructive behaviors and, and addiction. Once you're aware of all that now, I'm like, I have completely, I have so much compassion for you and I've been there myself, right? But now, you know, you, I'm, I'm not letting you off the hook from this point forward. It's like from now mm. on that we know all that and we know mm. that you want to leave that behind and where we want to go. It's like I'll give you a free pass up until now because you've been acting unconsciously, but not anymore. <laughs> you know, we're doing this works hard, and and if we don't yeah. hold them accountable, they're gonna they're gonna try and skip the curriculum. They're gonna wag class, and and then they're gonna go, oh, it didn't work. You know, going to see someone didn't work, and I'm like, oh, it's not. I've done my work, you know, and I'm I'll continue to do my work. It's not for me to to do your work for you. It's for me to say, here's the work, here's the path. Start walking down the path. Yeah. You know, I, I say to clients all the time, you're not doing enough. And they're like, oh, you can't tell me that. And then I follow up with, I want you to give up. And they're like, what sort of therapist tells a client to give up? And I'm like, that's that surrendering. Give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up trying, but give up your attachments and shitty beliefs about what should be happening. Give up all those crappy lenses and filters that you've got and let's start doing a bit of a clear out. And I understand that that's daunting. I understand that's challenging. I understand that's the unknown and that's going to create a bit of anxiety, but I want you to feel that anxiety. Just, just sort of lean into it. And they're like, oh, right. And, and I guess just think of it now because I'm solid and you're solid in, in our approach and the way that we do it. I guess that gives them confidence. Like I'm saying, all right, you're doing this, but you got to lean into it. You got to step into it. It's like helping someone to skydive or to, to bungee jump or whatever. If, if someone's going, oh, geez, the weather's a bit, oh, I'm not sure we should do this. Yeah, the, the person trying to do whatever it is isn't going to feel feel very confident. Imagine that. So, you're going up on the plane and the, and the person you're jumping is going, oh, I don't like heights. You're like, oh, for fuck's like, sake. Oh, is, is, is this my backpack with my lunch in it or has this got the parachute in it or <laughs> And you know what? You know what the sad truth is? There's many psychologists and therapists out there who who, who do that. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so you like that about him. He's got this He's got this bit of gumption, a bit of a... Yeah, yeah it's kind of... He'll, he'll start... Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to so many of his talks. And they might go for half an hour, one hour, whatever. And he's he's so soft at the start and then... As he starts getting onto a topic, he'll kind of get more and more revved up. And then by the end, he kind of ends up, it's that energy. He doesn't say it, but the energy is like, you know, come on. Like, I know, I know what potential you have. I know what lies within you. You know, wake up out of these, out of these, this, this bullshit that, um, mm. that you've, that you're, the lens that you're seeing the world through. So I do like that about him because I think, yeah, that resonates. I, I needed that early on. Um, and I kind of give that. You know, to varying degrees depending on the client, but I definitely do give that as well. Um, so I appreciate that about him. Um, a lot of what he's taught me about the Hindu scriptures as well. I love, um, you know, introduced me to the samskaras, which is a mental and emotional imprint, and how you know basically our world is made up of our samskaras. And it's so funny. People, we think we have so much free will and volition that we're making decisions about what's right and what's wrong and whatnot, but it's purely just our conditioning being stimulated in the moment. You know, it's like, you know, he starts off with the very basic kind of Buddhist um, analogy of, you know, the the snake and the butterfly. So it's like, you know, I might go to a field and it's a nice field and I'm there one day and a, as this beautiful, incredibly colored butterfly comes and lands on my on my arm and it sits there, I'm just in awe of it. Then after a while it flies off and then I leave and I'm feeling 
all this joy and happiness and it's so good and but i create a mental impression of sam scar it's a positive one not a negative one mm. so then i go mm. away and it's so good and the next day i come back to that field and i'm looking around and i'm like where's that butterfly it's not here today and so now i'm not enjoying the field the next day because the butterfly hasn't landed on my arm again and yeah, have you heard that but before before you go into the snake one of that the the dalai lama's quote around that is when we don't get what we do want, we suffer. And when we do get what we don't want, we suffer. So when we do get what we don't want, I, I don't want the I don't want to, to miss out on the butterfly. And when the butterfly doesn't turn up, we, we suffer. And it's all got to do with attachment. And when we don't get what we do want, so it's this, it's this, yeah, it's, it comes back to surrendering again. So it's it's that's Just literally to- the cause. Those two things are literally the cause of all stress in all human beings. And so. Yeah. And so, uh, and if we're looking at it through the lens of Michael Singer, he would say like, well, instead of then, you know, creating a list, like he said, you know, in one of his teachings now I'm remembering, it's like, well, here's a blank bit of paper, write down like, you know, all the stuff that you want, you know, and then you'll see people writing down all these lists of, well, I want this much money and I want this partner and I want this type of car and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you've limited the parameters to your experience that you, you these things are going to make you okay. It's like, mm. what if you were just okay with everything? It's like we're using, it's like, well, if I just need this amount of money saved and then I'll be okay. Well, what if you start off by being okay? And then instead of trying to cut out, it's cutting out the middleman, so to speak. So he's like, let's mm. widen our parameters of what we deem to be acceptable in this life. Because then all of a sudden you become, you know, what we're all seeking. We're essentially bulletproof and we're free because anything can happen in front of us and we know that we're going to be okay. And that's, I mean, that's part of the path. Like we want to widen it because all of us have this very limited set of parameters. And, you know, for me, for a lot of my life, it's like I need to be up and about and happy and excitable and everyone liking me and then I'm okay. And so whenever I dip outside of that, it's like a panic state and everything needs to change so I can fit those parameters again. Yeah, and that's those, with- those that, that's, that's those toxic beliefs in here. It's I must be loved and liked. And, and so that's the driving so a lot of our work, our primary work, is 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 coming back to this. Um, you know, we're all ignorant, incompetent, mediocre, and that's okay to some degree. And and it's just being at peace with, you know, looking outside the window, being at peace with so many. It's it's perfect the way it is. It's it's absolutely perfect the way it is. But because I had these desires for it to be different to how it is based on my concept of what is beautiful and then that was putting me into suffering it's uh, that was that was just the source of stimulus it was my reaction to it that uh that was causing causing distress within me and then so he yeah, he calls like the not not okayness where it's like you as soon as you start to focus on this you'll realize all the areas of your life that you're not okay <laughs> and, mm. and 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 it's a lot you know, it's like, well, my, you know, I, I need to have a job go the certain way. It needs to be finished on a certain day and the customer needs to be happy. I need to come home. My partner needs to be in a certain state around me. My kids need to have done something or be in a certain mood around me. I need to get a certain amount of sleep and it has to be not raining tomorrow. And all of a sudden you realize all the conditions we have on our happiness. One of the, I think it's in the Untethered Soul. There's literally a chapter called The Path of Unconditional Happiness and where it's like trying to remove all these conditions we have on our happiness where it's like, I'm just going to be happy no matter what. 
And then if we make that commitment, it highlights all the stuff that does make us happy. And that's where our work is then. That surrender that we're talking about, that's when we start to work with the moments that we deem, no, this isn't okay. This shouldn't be happening. So, well, that's where our work is. That's where our personal self is heavily involved and we need to work out why. And that's where it doesn't become passive. You're not surrendering and just giving up. You're surrendering your attachments. You're surrendering your desires for the world to be any difference to how it is. And that that's all you're surrendering. That's and, But it takes a lot of strength to let go of those things because we're living in fear of deficiency or not having enough resources, not having enough of this or that, not being seen in a certain way. So most humans are, are living in a, perpetual state of anxiety uh, and this fear and then when you ask them to let go they're like let go of what no i'm fine i'm good i'm not, not holding on to anything yeah you sure you feel yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel the clench yeah, no. i'm not yeah, holding I'm on good, anything. Yeah. all right well i'll just take this away from you oh no 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 don't yeah. do that don't do that don't do that all right well i'll just i'm just going to say this about you and it's a little bit it's a little bit unpleasant but i'm going to reflect no, you, no, that, no, you can't say that to me don't say that it's like taking the pacifier the dummy away from the child no 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 no. i need to pacify the exact yeah. same movement I, i'm i i i am happy when X, Y, and Z is in place and everything is in place for me to feel safe and secure, that's that's where I'm, I'm at my optimal, I'm at my best, and I'm flourishing and life's wonderful. But as soon as you take away X, Y, and or Z... So as soon as the universe what... changes, you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could put it that way. Yeah, oh, right. That yeah. fundamental of how the universe works in constant change, Yeah, that, yeah, that happens. Yeah, so what are the chances yeah. of unhappiness and suffering then? Well, if you're holding on and needing X, Y, and Z to be there, I guess the chances of, of suffering would be, would be quite high. It would be yeah. 100%, I would say. Well, I'm just looking at it as a math equation, and, and yeah, I guess, I quite guess it would high. be 100%. No remainders, it's just 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's fundamentally what, yeah, you know, everyone's running around just, just in this illusion that they're happy, but it's because these things are in place and, and – so we're, I guess we're trying to teach people, whoever it is, Michael Singer or the Buddha or Ryan Hassan or, or whoever, it's it's just this, all we're trying to do is to teach people how to be wholeheartedly happy, how to, but, but also how to allow yourself to be wholeheartedly unhappy when it's, when it's appropriate and when it's necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, um, yeah, another one that came to mind, sorry, just about the personal self that he uses. It's like, it's a good example. Like the guy, you know, in his office gets a phone call one afternoon and his teenage son at school and it's the the principal and he's like, oh, you know, little Johnny, we just found some drugs in his locker. We're going to need you to come down to the school immediately. And so you hang up the phone and the first thing is, oh, how could he have done this? My God, like, how could he have done this to me? You know, this is an reaction that so many people yeah. would have. And so Singer says, don't you leave your fucking office. It doesn't say fuck, but I like to add the fuck. Sorry, singer. Um, don't you leave your fucking office and go to that school until you've dealt with that. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. you're going to the school to purely defend yourself and your own reputation. Yeah, you're making it, how, you're making it about you. How does that help about... your son? How does that help your son? Oh. So, you, so all of a sudden, you're no longer in service to the moment. You're in service of your own ego. You know, we had, I'm sure I brought this up on the show before, but we had so many families of who had addicted kids come into the center and this one lady came in. I'll just never forget it. 
She's like, oh, daughter, she's you know doing meth and she's engaging in all this uh, dangerous behavior. And yeah, it's been going on for a while. We've known for a bit. She's speaking about it like with very little emotion attached. And then she goes, but anyway, the reason we've come in and booked in a consult is because this week, my friends and family, they now know it's got out. And she was fucking all caught. That was the biggest stressor for her. Not that her daughter, her beautiful daughter, was on drugs and really struggling with her life. But now the friends and family and found out. And all she fucking gave a shit about was how it reflected on her. So it's like this is this an example of like that personal this self is, being the number one determinant of why we take action. This is why I have a discovery session. I'm not willing to enter a relationship with a client until I am 98% sure that they are willing to surrender, that they're willing to give up, you know, their ego's ideas and, and stop being so selfish and self-centered and and I can't I can't work with anyone. I can't reach a person. Um and you know, that's the old before you can heal a man, ask him if he's willing to give up that which is making him sick to begin with. Mm. I can't I can't heal someone unless they come in and say, All right. I don't know how to do it, but I'm prepared to give this up. I've got I've got this um, wonderful client in Thailand at the moment. He's an English bloke, and he um, shout out to you when you get to this. He's starting the the podcast at episode one, so it's going to take him a while to get here. Um, and and you know it's a beauty thing. He he knows he's distorted. He knows all these things, but the one thing he says is, "I am ignorant. Uh, I'm ignorant." And so he's come in completely open and prepared to change and that's allowing me to to reflect things to him to reach him and to provide things for him and and it stings but he's going oh that stings but okay it stings for a reason so let's just sit with that and and week six you know last week he he goes it's amazing but but when a client leaves me or when something happens i'm realizing it's not about me and i was just like oh wow Wow, dude. Wow, dude. You're home and hose. As soon as you can wrap your head around, it's not about you. You are home and hose. Yeah. You know, and so you've you've broken its back. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a big thing to surrender, but it's it's an act of courage and strength. And you're talking about just this openness and this, you know, I suppose white belt mentality. You know, it's like, hey, I don't Mm. know everything. And in this particular area of my life, if I'm struggling with it and seeking help, then I don't know about. It. I need I need help there. So if I'm open and have that white belt mentality, then I'll soak in the information. I'll take the action that I'm being told. But it's so interesting how we come in and once again, ego, personal self. Even though I'm coming to get help, I'm kind of defenses are up a bit like this. You know what I mean? It's like I I, I know this. You know. Well, that's protection as well because it's the unknown. So I'm going to go into this protecting myself. My walls are going to still be up a little bit here. Yeah. 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 What's so- uh, speaking of belts? What, what's the hardest belt to get in jujitsu? Black, same as anything. White. Oh, I White thought you were talking about right. So I thought you White were genuinely asking a question. I was. I was. Oh, look, why That's don't you know that? Okay, White. Go on. What? Because you need to actually get off the couch and go, and you're breaking the inertia the and getting started. Yeah. Okay, and that makes sense. White, white is the hardest one to get because you've got no nothing to relate to. It's completely foreign. It's completely new. It's it's um yeah. The the rest get 
more challenging in terms of technicality and everything, but the white belt's the hardest one to get because yeah. you actually actually got to get up and, and learn to commit and dedicate yourself and put all these fundamental practices in place. I love that. I love that. White belt mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. That's um, Michael Singer. So, yeah, the Untethered Soul, The Surrender Experiment, his new one, Living Untethered. Um, he has a great – sounds, sounds so good, doesn't it? Yeah. Living Untethered. <laughs> it sort of sounds so opposite to what he's trying to say. I, I had it on a T-shirt, uh, MindFit T-shirt, uh, unreasonably happy since 2009, <laughs> and that, that – that, that triggered so many people. They're like, what do you what do you mean? You're unreasonably happy. And I'm like, there's no reason for my happiness. It's just a yeah. I haven't got X, Y, and Z. It's just uh one one thing he says is uh anything that happens for a reason won't stay, which means that same thing you're saying. Like, I'm happy because all right, what happens when that thing goes away, which we which it will invariably do so. Well, I won't be happy unless I get something else. And so it's just that conditional um, state instead of like, oh, you're so, why are you so happy? No reason. I'm just happy. That's, that's I'm, beautiful. I'm alive. This is, this is enough because what yeah. I'm experiencing is enough. That's, yeah. if you can, if you can land there, imagine that. How are you? That's basically, I'm saying I'm content. I'm content with how everything is. There's no, this is Buddha. This is in love. This is, I have no preference for things to be other than how they are. Yeah, he, he speaks about some of the, the those higher states after doing the work for a while and he speaks about, yeah, being in bed and just having this great sleep and then he'd wake up and just, he goes, I could have just stayed in bed all day because I just felt completely and utterly blissful in bed. And then he's like, oh, no, there's a whole world to interact with. And so you get up and interact with the world and it's like this just childlike, unencumbered enthusiasm um, as an adult, which is just, my God, so beautiful. <laughs> but it's imagine trying to override the programming of i oh, i have to get out of bed and go and do something I've, I've i've told you about i spent a day listening to tool when the new tool album came out and i listened to the whole catalog and a whole new album and i just gave myself a day off and sat in front of the fire and i think i had a, a, a cracked open a bottle of gin at like five past midday or something and 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 you know, I had this little cheese platter and I had the most wonderful day by myself and and there was no part of me was not on board. I was very congruent. I was very, um, we are all in. Every part of me surrendered to this. No part was going, but, but you should be seeing clients or you, sh you should be, you, you can't stay in your pyjamas all day. Or, or And it was, it comes down to giving yourself permission. Yeah. That's if so funny. That's so funny because when their new album came out, and I'm sure we spoke mm -hmm. about it at the time. It's been a few years, but I'd had a I'd had a uh, one of my sabbatical weeks away booked, like an Airbnb outside of Dalesford, like middle of bumfuck nowhere, and obviously you know off the grid and that kind of thing. But yeah, I the album just got released, and I, I bought it, and I, I took my big Bluetooth speaker with me, and so I literally had a fire going. It sounds so similar. Had some food and everything. <laughs> I just listened to the whole album. And just did nothing all day apart from that. So how interesting. But, but I was so – that's all that existed. I I, I was immersed in, in that experience. And, and, you know, that's – look at look at it a bit objectively. That was meditation. That was just 
staying very present with one thing and not letting the mind wander off into all these different spaces and just just allowing it to be in the here and now being in the moment oh be here now that might be a bit of a lead on to the next episode and the teacher oh there's a little hint thrown in there the segway king over here <laughs> uh, it might or it might not be I'll, oh i'll, I'll jump the gun all, all may be revealed next week. Wow. I think next week's episode 100. Oh, wow. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do it on my, my person. I'm going to, I'm going to discuss next week is Ryan Hassan. Oh, uh, wow. I've got plenty to say about him. Melissa <laughs> <laughs> on as a guest. Tommy on as a guest. <laughs> all the right, real, well, the wanna, real Ryan Hassan. Do you, want to, do you want to park me and do you want to celebrate week 100? Or we probably should. Bloody nice nice bottle of wine or something. That would be great. Hello. 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 All right. Well, we'll, Let's discuss, we'll discuss it during the week, but there'll be some sort of celebration for episode 100, surely. 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 Reaching the ton. Or it can just be another episode. Yeah. I'm not attached to yeah. it being anything. My personal self is not involved. I would very happily. I'm just going to be in service of the moment and whatever that episode needs to be. Oh, it took 13.8 billion years of cause and effect to get to episode 100, and I'm not going to get myself involved. It is enough. It is enough that we're just doing an episode. Uh, All right, people. Pleasure as always, Nico. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next week for the 100. I hope it's 100. I'm I'm assuming, but I think we're there. Let me check my desktop. (laughs) I'm going to check. Before we sign off, I'm going to check. Yeah, I'll just upload yeah, it. Is. It is. This is 99. Yeah, right. See you, everyone. Not- See you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you.